0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things
1: geek.
2: Uh oh. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Woohoo! Welcome
3: to Earth Station 1 a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We're back and we're going to Westeros once again to look at House of Dragons, the prequel to Game of Thrones, and basically sets up some pretty big stuff that we got to watch on HBO and we're going to talk all about it, and we're going to spoil the hell out of it. So, folks, if you haven't seen it yet, you know what? Take a break. Hit pause, as we always like to say. Go watch it. It's only 10 episodes. And after that, you'll have white hair, just like the Targaryens. So, it's pretty cool. So, we will definitely would love to see that. So, send us our pictures of that. We definitely would like to see you guys with white hair. But until then, the man who has already only white in his beard is here let's say howdy to Mr. Mike Gordon
2: Howdy Yes uh I would love to have white in my hair I would love to have hair oh. So um you know that would be a nice option I'd like to have uh you know one of those uh uh big old masses of hair that would be awesome like they have on the show Give me one of those wigs please You want one
3: of those dreadlock
2: with white hair <laughs> I absolutely do those are those look badass man mm. There's like you know it, look, if you have, you see someone like with, with that kind of hairstyle, you just know that they're cool, right? There's something like cool or badass about them. Well,
3: exactly. You know, it's pretty awesome. And, you know, there's adventure around when you see somebody with that kind of hair. And we definitely think, absolutely. you know, and I definitely could see you with that. Maybe that's your cosplay for Dragon Con next year.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. Mm-hmm.
3: If you believe that one, we got another a Brooklyn bridge for you sale for you. I
2: will ride in a, I will ride in the dragon con on a dragon.
3: That I would pay to see. I would pay to see that. So folks, if you anyone the out there can, get to can make it.
2: that happen.
3: I got a tenor right, right. here for you, waiting for I need you. A,
2: I need to buy a dragon, so I'll need all the money I can get.
3: Oh well, yeah, you think feeding cats is tough. Wait till you start to try to feed a dragon. Oops. <laughs> Definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us feedback at our station one.com. We definitely would love to hear from everybody. How's everybody doing? You doing okay? Have you checked out our new YouTube channel? That's right, folks. We got a great brand new YouTube channel, which we actually put up our geek seat segment and our main topics now up into our YouTube channel. And we've gotten some great feedback. We've gotten some great uh, subscribers. Thank you everyone. Who's been up there. And, Check it out. Just look up our Earth Station 1 on YouTube. Please check it out, as we like to say. Also, of course, we'd like to thank our patrons. Our patrons are our lifeblood here on the cha- on this channel, on the network. Everything with ESO is possible because of the ESO Network Patreon going on. And you, too, can help support the station for as little as a dollar a month. That's right, folks. One dollar could help keep the lights on here at the station. God, I'm sounding like NPR already. So definitely check it out. Go to patreon.com slash ESO network and you can get some pretty cool stuff up there and check it out. Also, big thank you to our friends over at Tifosi Optical. Tifosi Optical is a multi-glass place. That's right, folks. They have a, they have a company of glasses, not just sunglasses anymore, folks. They have so many diversified things out there. They've got gamer glasses. They got blue light blocking glasses. They have safety shields. They have exercise glasses. They have safety goggles. It's pretty cool, everything that they have. And as a big thank you for checking out Tifosi Optical, you could get 10% off your whole order, including sale items. That's right, folks, 10% off your whole order. All you have to do is go to to TifosiOptics.com, put in the coupon code EarthStation1, you get 10% off. It's pretty cool. Not a lot of places do 10% off your whole order. Usually they just do 10% off one thing. But Tifosi Optics is different. So check it out, TifosiOptics.com. Tell them Earth Station One sent you. And now we're here with new friend of the show, one of the co-hosts of the movie theater Time Machine. Let's welcome Nick Tabor to the show.
1: Welcome,
2: Hey, Nick. guys. <laughs> Howdy. Thanks for having me, y'all. Absolutely. Welcome to the station. Uh, for yeah. those people not familiar with you and your podcast, tell us a little bit about it.
1: All right, so I mean movie theater time machine is a long standing We've been working about six years now uh movie review show of just a blend of comedy and insanity um you know some of us people have compared us to m s t three k in given okay. time, but we uh, traditionally started, we uh, reviewed the older style Hollywood and really got into the experiences of what it was like to be in the theater and review those before the streaming world, before um really like the, the tagline of the show is, you know, the podcast where we keep it real to real. And, you know, that's a just real to real video. And I mean, right. right memories of blockbuster memories of a of a you know a world that's gone you know but it's just as amateur movie geeks as we are it's just fun to rip and dive into things but you know we uh our tag of the show is we have this thing called fantasy casting and fantasy casting where we replace actors or actresses of the movies with you know a random plethora of something or you know whatever it may be you know the crazier the better
3: um, gotcha. i can understand that things,
1: yeah one of the things we got to recently um we got a um we got into this kick of replacing any actor you know every actor in a movie with the muppets except leaving one actor that's awesome and it just gets crazier and crazier every time we crack into it um like we recently um we recently did a uh, show actually very close to the time of recording this one. Uh we reviewed the movie Dolomite. Uh have either of you guys. Oh, heard yeah.
3: oh yeah, we know Dolomite. Yeah.
1: We reviewed have, it man. were we were lucky enough to review it with Brad Jones, the cinema snob.
2: Oh, okay. oh yeah. Okay. We had yeah, Brad like, on last week. We, we yeah, have, yeah, we're familiar with Brad.
1: Yeah, and he just like he was super gracious with it. I mean, you know, it's we were talking, of, like, uh, I shaved down my beard, do a goatee, had a black, th- a black suit on, looked at that, and he's like, dude, you look more like me than me.
3: You guys could <laughs> almost be <laughs> twins in some ways. Yeah.
1: And I just looked into the camera. I'm like, dad? <laughs> oh, I'm sure that made him
3: feel well. Oh, he
1: laughed his ass off. He was <laughs> like, it was a brief second of, holy crap, I just pissed off my guest. Um, But reviewing Dolomite, you know, we had, uh, like, everybody except Rudy Ray Moore as a Muppet. And, um, you know, a few weeks ago, we had, um, we reviewed the movie 300. Mm -hmm. Um, But I forgot who we kept as a human. I think Gerard Butler was the only one and everybody else was Muppets.
2: Sure.
1: You know, and the theories of how it came out was like, okay, you have just felt coming out later or just the stuffing coming out when everybody gets stabbed. Um, we really should save this when we do saw next year for that but you know if we do saw, i don't know um but really it's a you know our show itself is really a celebration of you know of general in hollywood um we've had you know several guests to come on Uh, we had the curator of the jimmy stewart museum
3: oh very uh, cool
1: come on last year i mean she was just gracious as heck about everything and um um just a very very genuine person um and it was like the closest I'll ever get to actually meeting Jimmy Stewart myself so um but um it's my biggest thing but our our show is just really about having a lot of fun and putting out a lot of um a lot of good into the world you know we started out on a um a time where I don't know if you guys don't uh you guys avoid politics here we
3: try to we you know if you go a little bit into it it's fine. Okay,
1: yeah, but I'm not not getting deep into it. But we started we our first episode was recorded the week after Donald Trump was inaugurated.
3: Ooh,
1: okay, so it was like right at the time at the peak when everything was getting crazier. Well, I mean, it got worse, but I mean, it got crazier and crazier. <laughs> and it was like, okay, now we've got to do this just to throw out some fun and throw and throw out insanity and do the best we can. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah,
3: because you had to lighten the mood somehow. with
1: everything. yeah, and I mean it's our our thing, and I mean for for we're just trying to, and it's good therapy too as
2: well. It's just <laughs> we make that's all podcasting therapy. really is. That's yeah, all podcasting it's, really is it's, it's it's just therapy for all therapy. <laughs> <all of them. laughs> oh
3: wait a minute! No, I, I'm the one who pays the bills here. It is not cheaper <laughs> than therapy. <laughs> so no, no, <laughs> no way there, Nick. <laughs>
2: So, uh, so Nick, let me ask you, Yeah. because, um, you know, we've all, you know, everybody from the minute they're born, you know, at least uh, uh, experiences movies to some degree. When did you discover that you were, a, when did you say to yourself, wow, I must be, a, I'm a movie buff. I'm a movie fan. Okay. Uh, this is like, this is something that uh, is extra yeah. special for me. Like, what, was there a particular movie or?
1: Yeah, I got a, I got a great story for that. I mean, it was, um you know, for there's a few points of it, but it really came from my grandma, who uh, my grandmother was a tremendous old Hollywood fan. Like you could, you could give her one line, and she could tell you the movie, who did it, who was, you know, who was wearing which dress, and who she saw at the, you know, or, or what happened. And um, and it was we were really, really young, and my they took me to see The Lion King. And, um, you know, and then every year um, for Christmas, you know, she had this really beautiful tree. And they had, I wouldn't say they had a ton of money, but they had, you know, they were very well off, you know, my grandparents. And every year we went to see this really cool movie. And whatever we saw, there was a Christmas ornament of that movie in the tree. Oh, wow. Every oh, year. Really? and oh, it very just, cool. You know, so like you we know, do Sometime in the late eighties we went to see, you know, Batman. And you know, there was um, you know, the, the original Batman. And I'm like, oh, perfect, it was great. And then there's the Batmobile. And then, you know, they went to see it like I think I saw that movie so many times because over the years. There was like Joker and then there's the Riddler, and then there's so many others. Sure. And um uh when we went to see Back to the Future, you know, there was there was the Doc Brown and the tree, and it just it kept going and kept going. And then um, in my college years, she, I, um, I actually have a poster. Well, it's not here, but it's in my, uh, in my living room. It was a giant poster at Casablanca. Nice. And, um, you know, I was, I had a friend of mine in college who kept, uh, he kept dragging me. He was a film major and he's like, oh, I got to bring somebody every time to go see a movie. And he kept dragging me. I'm like, don't you have a girl you can kind of, you know, bring with you, man? Because some of them were just total crap. And, like, and some of them were fine, but there's really weird experimental movies. And she's like, no, no, like, let me show you what real Hollywood is. And she went to the library and brought Casablanca. And I'm like, that just, old Hollywood just lives in my brain. 20, you know, 24-7 and um, everything else.
2: That That's It's awesome and amazing to hear. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, movies, particularly classic movies. uh, Turner Classic Movies is the default channel on my TV. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I always appreciate, especially now, um, so many more people uh, talking about classic movies. Um, I mean, I like talking about new movies too, but I think a lot of people are so obsessed with everything that's like here and now, yep. rather than you know, I mean, you're looking at your uh reviews, I mean, you go back to the, the 1900s to yep. up through like today, so I mean, you there's nothing that it doesn't seem like there's anything that's off limits for you, no. Um, no, no, it was, it was <laughs> in the
1: theater at some point, although we cheated last year when we did Sharknado. Um, oh, gotcha. was, that was just something once we heard about it, we're like, are you? that's a real thing we watched all six movies and we're like oh my god we got to review these like we've got to review these these are so bad um but yeah there's really not much off limits i mean our general rule as long as it was in the theater at some point but to your point with um with movies i think now you have you don't have a monoculture anymore um, where, like, you, you know, you, we have movies now that, you know, get streamed and you could see it on uh, HBO Max or you can go to the theater. And a few years ago, everything was straight to streaming, you know, because of the pandemic. But right. what we've lost and why it's so good is, you know, some of these are so are pushed out in what I call the boardroom movies. Because you can tell they're put together, and they're put together so quickly. And some of them aren't bad. Um, like, what surprised me was the kids' movie, Trolls 2. Hmm. Which, well, I'm like, you know, that one that one was decent. Like, that one was fun. Not the one I'm going to put in every time, but, like, right. <laughs> you have that movie. And then if you compare that to something like, uh, you know, the classic, one of the classic kid movies, Home Alone. You know, where it's almost perfect. Right. Right. It's almost perfect because, but people, I think, when you didn't have so much of a monoculture, people, for when the studios stopped having a really big grip on things in the 40s and 50s, and then you had these people who just had their love letters. Um, to uh, you know, or whatever they're gonna do or whatever they're gonna put together. I mean, you had um it was Home Alone, for example, as well. That one's in my head was a, you know a um a love letter or something like Chris Columbus, you know, put it all together and designed it and the whole almost the entirety of the movie, almost all of it was filmed inside of a inside of a high school during the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, the whole, all the inside of the house was an old high school gym. And, um, you know, Robert Zemeckis doing, you know, Back to the Future. And then Robert Zemeckis also doing uh, Forrest Gump. And a lot of stuff, you know, uh, Robert Zemeckis just, he loved the script so much that he put his own money into the movie just to make it better. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have that now because with the way the internet is, like, um, right you know you have something like you know Black Adam and you have Wakanda Forever right now which unfortunately i mean those two are very important to their genres but it's going to be forgotten very soon because the next thing's going to come up and then the next thing's going to come up and then you got people who are not even paying attention to it um you know it's we're a few weeks away from Thanksgiving right now um and you have people who are just flipping on the Hallmark channel and watching the crappy Christmas
2: movies (laughs) 20%. Right. 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 (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. I mean, like no offense. I mean, we know people, I've known people who make those and you know, there's a market for it for sure. Oh yeah. People are really addicted to those things and that's fine. Um, But the one thing I find with, especially with like, you know, black and white movies, classic, classic movies, is that a lot of times the conversation Around them now tends to be stuff that's like um talking about the negatives, talking about how politically incorrect they are now or how they you yeah. know this that and the other thing, or how they you know they they do things better now, et cetera et cetera but I find. When I watch a lot of these classic movies, not everything, sure, but I mean a lot of the great ones, certainly, is how relevant they still are, yes. and how amazing uh in that in that sense, and sometimes it's relevant in a good way, and sometimes it's relevant and it's like wow, it's like they're talking about this like a hundred years ago, not what has changed and, right and like and nothing <laughs> changed right yeah yeah
1: <laughs> um yeah, we had that in our review about. It was about a year ago. We, um, our second episode, we reviewed one of my favorite movies of all time was Jimmy Stewart's Harvey.
2: Mm, and, right. Um, yes.
1: We, we reviewed that again with our new uh, with the new cast because um, the first time it was just me and my wife, and then we reviewed it for different perspectives. But it was like an accidental commentary on mental health. Mm-hmm. Oh, because very yeah much so. you know how you have elwood p dowd who um, uh, you know everybody's like oh he's crazy he's nuts and you actually watch him during the movie i'm like you know he really ain't so bad i mean the guy sees a giant rabbit but he tells the coolest stories i kind of want to hang with that guy <laughs> you know <laughs>
3: I always worried though that Harvey ended up looking like the rabbit in Donnie Darko or something.
1: Oh, there have been a lot of comparisons between Donnie Darko and that movie.
3: Oh, very um, much so.
1: Yeah, there's. Um, we actually spawned one of the theories that had uh, we found it on Reddit, um, and it came from our show. Was at the very end of Harvey. Um, towards the end, the cab driver comes in and starts changing around things. Mm-hmm. And we believe that that was Harvey himself.
3: Gotcha. Whoa.
1: Yeah, that that was Harvey taking you know from taking that form and taking human form just to screw around a little bit more. <laughs> and our one of our co-hosts just brought that up, and I went, like, "What the hell?" And, I'm like, <laughs> and I brought it up to Jeannie, the uh, the Jimmy Stewart coordinator, and she's like, "Wait." Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, it's like wait, hold on. Hang on. Like <laughs> it just like, wrinkles the brain just thinking about it. Mind blown. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think they're relevant because they're very simple stories. Like if you, one of my favorite movies of, you know, Harvey, obviously, but one of my favorites, Guilty Pleasures is Arsenic and Lace.
2: Oh, I love that movie yeah <laughs> one of great my play favorite. great yeah. movie uh yeah the, the Cary grant one of course,
1: yeah, I mean Cary Grant is playing somebody dealing with the fact that his aunts are murdering people basically and, you know but it's a very it's a little complex, but it's it's a it's a comedy, but even if you think about it now, it's a horror story, but there's not one single swearing it right at all and but it's also it's the comedy is almost totally nonverbal. you know where like he the two aunts are talking and then one of the old ladies just grabs the one of the gentleman's hats and then puts it in a you know in a shelf right throw other hats and says nothing
2: right yeah. you could take that script the dialogue yeah. and everything and make a horror movie
1: oh yeah, of course Oh yeah, you can instead Um, of a
2: instead of a comedy.
1: Yeah, I mean it's you know one you know yeah you have you have a brother who thinks he's the president and you know trying to change things and then burying people in the basement. Yeah, you could turn that into a horror, but the right people were in the right time. Just you know where Howard Hawks you know threw everything at it and. Um, You know, and then he just went, okay, let's try this. But, you know, Cary Grant hated the movie. He, you know, he hated it because he thought he was playing too silly. And um, there was thoughts and talks for a while that they would revive it. And I think this was like, I I put this in as fantasy casting uh, that uh, Robin Williams was, Mm. uh, was interested in reviving that. And I could like, see
3: it. I could really see that. Couldn't you? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, just, I think Robin would be great in that role.
1: Yeah, but just playing because he, he can do, like, you know, here here's his crazy, and then, here you know, here's the crazy, funny comedy. And, you know, then he can also do in between. But his versatility was, um, and we did a whole month of Robin Williams, too, and we might do another one at some point in time Ooh. if we ever uh, get a better help sponsorship um, where the right one comes about. You know, right, you know, just to piggyback off your listeners, but I mean, if anybody is, you know, we by all means, <laughs> go right ahead. feel
2: free, feel free, or
1: go right ahead, give uh, us free. money, <laughs> but it's you know, it's our therapy, um, but <laughs> that's right, that's right, <laughs> but but you know, the, the movies are simple and the movies are interesting, and I mean, I think it's where the industry was even at its infancy that it's not trying to one up anybody. It's just trying to tell a story. Right. You know, right. that's where I think it it gets better because you see some genres that last over and over and over like uh like James Bond. You know, like James Bond has, you know, ebbs and flows. Oh sure. But Daniel Craig's James Bond was pretty
2: awesome
1: Mm -hmm. like it was pretty awesome and you watch those you're like yeah this is this is great this is great
2: yeah Yeah. i mean that's a franchise probably more than any other that's uh Mm. been uh, it's been around so long and it reinvents itself every you know every other decade or every other certainly every incarnation of bond um and it's uh yeah it's really cool that you know you've devoted uh now over 300 episodes to yeah. all these classic movies it's amazing to me and uh it's a great thing so um but now that we found out a little bit more about you and your podcast uh mike i think it's uh about time we find out where his uh real passions lie oh right, i think
3: nick. so right. i think it's time you know he's been like going hey i'm so cool i'm just a movie guy i can handle this well it's time to see what he's really about in the geek seat you know do it all right all right nick <laughs> He's all cocky now, but you know, we've had people in tears over the geek seat, so it's okay. All right, Nick, what was your favorite geek out moment?
1: Oh man. Um, My favorite geek out moment of all time was when I was in New York city and I met Neil Patrick Harris accidentally. Oh, Um, do tell. And he i was I was working for a hotel company at the time, and you know we were touring hotels, and I was a part of a big sales team and Our supervisor was saying, "If you run into celebrities, do not, and I'll give you a twofer actually, but do not call them by their character names, do not do any of that just call you know, say hello, nice to meet you, and move on, you know be professional." And, you know, we were walking across the street and my supervisor was, you know, about, you know, a little over four feet tall or, you know, well under five feet. Neil Patrick Harris is about as tall as I am. And they just hit each other. And, you know, she turns around and goes, you're Doogie Howser. (laughs) So, again, you know, we had a good time about 20 minutes beforehand at a bar, you know, heading the other way. And you know, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm you know, my name's Nick. I'm Neil, you know, he's like, Hey, I'm Neil, how you doing? I'm like, man, you know, really big fan. I love Barney Stenson. I was naming some of his movies. He goes, Dude, that's really cool, man. That's really great. And he says, you know what? You dress really snazzy. And I'm like, Neil Patrick Harris complimented the way I dress. So like, you know, it probably <laughs> can't had,
3: complain about that.
1: Yeah, probably had an effect. And um there was one, I'm um, also there, I'll give you, like because it's a twofer thing. I met in uh, Vivica A. Fox. Oh, in a nice. Hotel. Sweet as can be, but I was working for the same hotel company, and, you know, we passed by in the lobby, and I, I recognized her, and I went, are you Miss Vivica Fox? And I just, my brain scrambled, oozed out of my ears, and the only thing I could say was, I wish <laughs> we didn't die in kill Bill.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, and Will she, your <laughs> daughter get revenge in the next one?
1: <laughs> and she just went, Thank you, like you're really cool. Like, you're <laughs> I awful. Mean, you of? Yeah, and it's really no mistake. Like, she is genuinely a beautiful woman. Like, really, it was, so it was like a striking moment. I'm like, that's vivica a fox and i mean an incredibly talented woman who i believe is very underrated but there's fun stuff you know
3: (laughs) that is awesome that is really really awesome but let's look at the other side of that what turns your geek off
1: um when an actor or um I'm, i'm a movie geek itself but when an actor is genuinely fake Really? And really not the, like, when they're not really being themselves or trying to be way too, for like, they're an actor, they have range. And I'm like, just, you play your part, play your lane, you know, stay in your lane, everybody's going to be fine.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, it's going to be fine with it. Like, I, there's a meme out there, I saw this, a few, and it's related to Dwayne Johnson. Like, I think Dwayne Johnson's a good actor. Not all of his movies are amazing. I haven't seen Black Adam yet, but there's a meme where they had like four of Dwayne Dwayne Johnson's uh, uh, clips from his movies. It's like, is this all from the same movie? And then below it said, no, it's four. And you're looking like, really? And you're like, are you playing that? Then he started playing some different stuff. And I'm like, no, man, you're out of your lane. Just, you know. Bruce Willis is always going to be, you know, the, the diehard dude. Kevin Hart is always going to be insanely funny. Jimmy Stewart, no matter what, is always going to be Jimmy Stewart. Stay in your lane. You know, that's oh, yeah. gets, that gets me, man.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's always going to be Dwayne Johnson.
1: Yeah. Huh. Jimmy Stewart is always going to be Dwayne Johnson. Exactly. <laughs> Damn straight.
2: <laughs> awesome. I, I, that would be that's, that's a good casting choice. That would be awesome. (laughs)
3: What geeks you out the most?
2: Oh, man, I'm not going to get rid of that image.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Granted, I got the same haircut as him. Um, But what geeks me out the most is, like, I like it when you're in the middle of something or, like, when you're really just completely drawn in on whatever it is and um like i had an example on this we uh, we met one of my favorite my favorite singer of all time is a woman robin adele anderson nobody knows who she is i know uh, is. you do i do okay so you just one geeked one. out over that That's <laughs> <perfect>. <laughs> you're the one person i think who's
3: like i know
2: who she
1: is too but you yeah. know it's 20 song didn't tr- she do some I singing
2: day. with uh both part of Jukebox. Jukebox, yeah, okay. Yep, yep. Oh,
1: I know Jukebox, one of the the original singer of that band.
2: She's, uh, a, she's a pretty good pinup too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: I'm not <laughs> so, saying I ahead. don't ever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. The calendar right. is right over there too. So, um, it's all well, it's in my office, but um. We met her in uh, New York City, and I'm going back to New York here, but uh, we met her in a nightclub that was behind a diner that was behind these curtains, and it was just total transfixiation right into the 40s. You know, a complete vibe, like everybody had their own fake names in this really bizarre world. I mean, it wanted. its... When you're watching something like, you know, like Casablanca and you kind of forget for a while that you're like, oh, yeah, I got to vote for an auditor tomorrow or, you know, okay, I've got to like, I've got that report due at work or I got this bill to pay. Like when it completely um, engulfs you, Um, even like I see the poster in your background, Mike, of, you know, I see the Doctor Who uh, Van Gogh poster. Uh, behind you, um, like when it's completely, uh, yeah, like even though, like, the entirety of Matt Smith's run, like, when you watch it and you just forget where you are for a while, like, that that's the stuff we want to be a part of.
3: Oh, sure, of course, yeah,
1: yeah, we want to do here. But... No, I totally understand that.
3: You mentioned earlier about your, you know, your favorite geek out moment. What was yeah. your most disappointing geek out moment?
1: Um hmm. I <laughs> I when I, I worked for a hotel company and um one of the things we did was um it was in a call center and you know every once in a while celebrities got on the phone and there was um you know that it, it would pop up with the number and the name and all that and it one of them said John Travolta. And, oh cool. Like I You know, John Travolta has done some terrible movies, but, you know, when he's bad, he stays in his lane and he's terrible. But when he's good and when he's got it, man, he's really high up there. And it was his pilot who just put in the wrong, like, he put in the wrong number, but he tried to play off that he was John Travolta and just had a terrible, like, impression of him. So I'm like, hi, Mr. Travolta, this is Nick. How may I help you? He's like, yeah. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, you ain't even trying that. Like, you, you know, <laughs> there's some that have popped up every now and then. And I'm like, you know, I, I, just, if it's not you, just be real, you know, or just be who you are. And that just really, people try to be fake, really. I think that's my answer
3: no totally understand that and that kind of leads into the next question then for you Mm -hmm. what fictional character would you like to meet the most
1: oh man i'm gonna say the doctor
3: which one yeah
1: Yeah. which one good yeah um uh, it's 10 and 14 really yeah, awesome. Yeah. 10 and 14. I mean, would be they like look very
3: similar. I don't
1: know why. No, they do, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I knew those teeth, yeah. but you know, like teeth, when they, I,
3: these hands,
1: <laughs> uh, what? What? <laughs> but it just, you know, something's going to be really cool, and something's going to be really bizarre, and I've thought about that over and over again. Um, I mean, if you had to meet someone who could take you to any particular point in time, and, you know, I, um, the beautiful part of Doctor Who lore is the fact that as long as you're near the TARDIS, is whatever you're speaking, you're speaking in the other language. You uh-huh. know, there's a great line during uh, Matt Smith's run, and Jenna Coleman stand behind him, she's like, am I speaking Russian? He's like, yeah, I don't have any time to explain that right now. <laughs> and, right. But... It's just, Tennant just, David Tennant, I mean, you know, Peter Capaldi had the same thing where, like, he wanted to be, but he wanted to be the doctor ever since he was little. But David Tennant got into acting because he wanted to be the doctor. Now he's the doctor again, and I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of want to hang out with you. Okay. I totally yeah. could see
3: that. Yeah. Or as they say, whoever hangs out with the doctor is never, ever the same after.
1: Yeah. You know, it, but then again, it kind of would be worth the kind of be worth going through all of it after a while, even yeah, if I very true. You know,
3: yeah, what fictional character would you like to meet the least?
1: Um, this one's kind of tough, but I would, um, you know, I'm gonna go with one of my favorite movies ever i mentioned it earlier harvey Mm -hmm. and i would really say the um uh his sister i would just because she the whole movie she's trying to prove him wrong and not going with it but because i'd see his sister just going a little bit uh, getting a little odder and a little odder i'm afraid she would drive me crazy and you know then i would end up in chumley's rest (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah i could see that maybe yeah. that's the reason you explain so much right there it really does yes <laughs> what is your favorite geek word phrase quote or pose
1: oh man <laughs> favorite one i man i gotta go with the 10th doctor again i L-N-Z. L-N-Z. l-n-z i've done that so many times and um um, I think one of the favorites that I've done is I'd say phrase, though, is also been from the movie Harvey. Um, I had this in my professional work email for a while. And also because of we're sponsored by Adam and Eve dot com and for movie theater time machine. And we try to work in the ad in the weirdest possible way. Um, You know, to try to, like, you know, and then I had the phrase from the movie, you know, I recommend pleasant, always pleasant. And I, you know, sometimes where I drop that in, I don't tell anybody when I'm going to do it. And um, I just said, you know, in the Jimmy Stewart voice, I'm like, I recommend Pleasant, Always Pleasant. I'm like, speaking of Pleasant, adamandeve.com has an offer code for us at MTTM. And, it, <laughs> and we all just lost it. But I, I'd say I recommend Pleasant, Always Pleasant is some sort of, it's the guide for me. Oh, and, that's awesome. Yeah. I like that. Yeah.
3: That is cool. And it's cool to have Adam and Eve as your sponsor. So that's
1: yeah. awesome. do good stuff.
3: for us yeah i'd hope so but that's a whole different story (laughs) what is your ideal geek occupation
4: um
1: i always wanted to be uh the janitor at in some sort of lair or some sort of like you know like even if it's like the fantastic five or you know or superman's hovel or or in the Superman's Fortress, or even the boys, even in, um, you know, in Vought, just to see where things are, because I've always wanted to see some big level or something, or and just to see somebody on the other side. And I always wanted to be that one in the background that would kind of change things a little bit, just to keep it going, or just to be the background changer. Because I, I always thought something like, You think Batman, like if you're, if you're the janitor and, you know, in Batman's cave and, you know, like that guy, Bruce Wayne has got to be the most, the biggest neat freak of all time. You know, he has to be, he has to be, but I would love to be that one that would walk in and just see his desk and just move his stapler three inches to the right. Uh, Yeah. I just see what happens. But if you imagine, like you know, if it's like Adam West Batman, like somebody moved my stapler. Gee, Willikers, what happened? Or you know, it's, or, it's
2: Alfred. It's always
1: Alfred. It's oh, always the course. butler. The butler yeah. did it. It was me, Mister, and or something. And you know, I'm just sitting in the back. Alfred, just, get down done. here now! Right? Yeah. Move my stapler. Or you know, the, and I'm just like sweeping in the background, like. <laughs>
3: that sounds about right that sounds about right what geek occupation would you not like to do uh
1: there there has got to be someone who is just um i think of i was thinking about this a lot but um i cannot remember the name of the woman but the uh the movie the incredibles the Mm. woman who does all the costumes for them oh edna edna yeah yeah but thank I, I, I could not remember her name and i'm seeing her i'm thinking about this all day i'm like what the hell is that woman but there's got to be something no or, capes or, for you <laughs> yeah right you know or something but like a, a seamstress or a costume designer because there's got to be a point where a superhero or somebody just starts to let themselves go and you've got to redo the costume every now and then you know it's like the biggest fear or something or like you know some
3: Unstable molecules, dude. It just stretches with them. That's how the Hulk and She-Hulk get away with, you know.
1: At least he kept his pants on, you know. But the, (laughs) are you seeing? Like, something happened. Like I told you not to eat the Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. I got to do it again. Oh
2: my God, no, Mm. no. No capes and no tacos.
1: Yeah, I don't know what accent that was, by the way. I think I aimed for Russian, went way far east. So I think I think she has her own thing going on. So it's
3: yeah,
1: uh, yeah. But I don't know what I did in general. So
3: that's okay. Uh, yeah, uh, i will just... leave it up to the audience to judge yeah. that. It's okay.
1: Yeah, go ahead, judge away. As long as you subscribe.
3: Exactly. Uh, but... Bingo. <laughs> plug, 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 plug. <laughs> All right, Nick, ready for your final question in the geek seat, my friend? Sure. All right. What is your ultimate geek fantasy?
1: I would love to have one day or at least a week in a James Bond style life. Mm. You know, to be, you know, to do that, to gamble somewhere on a craps table and you know if you you think about it really james bond is one of those dudes that you know not many people think about this as a character he's got an unlimited amount of supply of money he knows he might die in a mission so he's just cashing it in and just rolling with it like there's really like there's gonna be no tomorrow and wakes up and goes you know or uh all I can do is the James Connery, st- uh, Sean Connery style. But like, you know, if he's here, like, oh, bloody hell, I got to do it again. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, can just keep going and you know, like, all right, right, fine. Like, and then just keep going and moving. I think for that, that would be to live that life, but then run into the doctor and then go find somewhere else to keep doing it again And then um, living in a loop and kind of going past her, like, I would imagine if I was the Doctor's companion, I would screw up royally, and it would be something like, where he has to turn the TARDIS around again and start over. Uh, (laughs) My favorite episodes of uh, Futurama, where they could have created a time machine and they had to, like, reverse around, like, turn the universe around and start again, like, three feet ahead. And just keep going and keep going, and like somebody would screw up, and oh damn it, I got to do it again, and move the TARDIS around and try like don't screw it up again. And I'd probably get caught in an infinite loop for a little while and finally fix it. I don't know what it, that would be, but oh, that yeah. would be my ultimate geek fantasy. All of that
2: wow that's all tied, to, uh, I would, all tied I, together
1: all
3: tied yeah. together
2: I, I would imagine certainly you know it would be my luck if i you know found a genie in a lamp and i made my wish like i want to be james bond for a day like they that day would be the day that he's tied to that chair and he gets tortured Right. casino royale that would be the yeah, day i'd be like this is not this is not what i wanted whatsoever you that one day and then you have like, <laughs> here's
3: your one day you know
2: whack whack <laughs> <laughs> like
1: oh no thank you yeah i just when you said that one day tied into a chair like you wake up and then it's like it's the scene in casino and um <laughs> in skyfall yeah. and you see harvier bardem just start walking you're like
2: mother yeah Oh. Well, it, it, you know, whenever he's tied to a chair, nothing good is going to happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> nothing good is going to happen. So, no, you yeah, no, have to, no, no. to be a lot more specific when you wish yeah. for being James Bond because there's a good side and there's a not so good side.
3: But here's something, Mr. Mike, that is good. He's made it through the Geeksy. Congratulations, man. Huzzah! Huzzah! You made
2: it through with flying colors. Mr. Mike yeah. Gordon, tell the young man what he's won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO network, a value easily worth one thousand sixty-four pesos. So pesos, six pesos. And, you know it, the weirdest thing that the, the 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 station currency thing just machine went bunkers this week. I don't oh, know. I mean, we're still trying to so, trying to get around it, but hey, it uh, I do Better know than
3: what we would make in Canada, so it's. a okay. I have
2: yeah. I have no idea what that actually amounts to, yeah. but you know.
1: Did you try to turn it off, turn it back on again?
2: I, <laughs> took, I,
3: I took the sledgehammer to it, so it's okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we that's did that with the our ultimate, time machine a while The ulti- The it ultimate awesome. turn
2: off, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, you mean to the machine, of course, yes. Okay. Yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> but I'm pumped. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Nick, it's been amazing having you join us. Uh, for those people who want to check out your show, uh, where can they find you and the show?
1: Yeah, Movie Theater Time Machine. I mean, you can find it anywhere where there's a podcast. Um, Some of our episodes are not on YouTube right now. We're trying to fight that. Um, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, um, uh, iHeartRadio, and anywhere, really. Um, Just Google Movie Theater Time Machine podcast, and you'll find us. And yeah, we'll be happy to have you listen and, you know, keep plugging
2: away with us absolutely and we will definitely have a link to that in our show notes to make it easier for people to just click and and check you out wonderful wonderful thanks guys thank you
3: not a problem let's take a quick break and we'll be back and we are going to be talking all about house of dragons i was talking about a welcome
0: Hey, everybody. Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class of 2022 is now inducted. The ceremony finally happened this past Saturday, the 5th in Los Angeles, and it was a very big event indeed with lots of unannounced guests, including Bruce Springsteen, and lots of great performances that you can catch some clips of on YouTube now. Uh, My sources on the ground tell me this is one of the best ceremonies that they have seen in years, and it had something I'd given up on seeing ever again. It had an all-star jam at the end. The classes have been so big that they haven't been able to do it, but they got it in last night, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime chance to see Dolly Parton singing Jolene, Arm-in-Arm with Rob Halford of Judas Priest and Simon LeBon from Duran Duran, as well as the Rhythmic Spat Benatar, Zac Brown Band, Pink, and Sheryl Crow. You don't see that every day. There was one uh, very bittersweet note to the evening. This should have been a completely uh, triumphant night for Duran Duran and all the Duranis around the world, but sadly, Simon Le made the announcement from the podium that original guitarist Andy Taylor uh, was unable to attend because he has stage 4 metastatic prostate cancer. It would have been his first appearance with Duran Duran in 16 years. Um... Taylor says that he's been getting sophisticated, life-saving treatment, but he had a health setback that precluded him being able to go. He sent an open letter, uh, which Simon LeBon read parts of, from the podium. Uh, there's no official word on his immediate prognosis, but uh, Simon said it was devastating to know that a member of the Durandran family wasn't going to be around for much longer. So that is some very sad and sobering news and our thoughts are with uh everyone in the Duran Duran family right now you can check out the induction ceremony uh starting November 19th it will air on HBO and I'm sure they will air it several times after that premiere so definitely something to check out this has been the iconic rock talk show moment and we will catch you next time
5: hey dad what's the soul forge podcast?
6: The SoulForge podcast is all about life, the universe, and everything.
5: Is it good for kids?
6: Oh no, it's not good for kids. Is it geeky? Oh, it can be geeky, but it can also be serious. We talk about life, sex, dating, and mental health, and so much more.
5: Where can you find the SoulForge podcast?
6: You can find it everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and the ESO Network.
2: The dream. It was clearer
5: than a memory. And I heard the sound of a thundering moons, splintering shields and ringing swords. And I placed my air upon the iron throne.
3: And all the dragons roared as one. I consider the matter urgent. That of your succession.
2: Well, who else would have a claim? The firstborn child. Rhaenyra. No queen has ever sat the Iron Throne. The king has an heir, Daemon Targaryen. I will not be made to choose between my brother and my daughter.
3: Rhaenyra's succession will be challenged. Knives will come out.
6: You are the king. Your duty is to take a new wife. I have decided to name a
2: new heir.
6: I'm your heir.
2: War is afoot. Do you think the realm will ever accept me as
0: their queen? A woman would not inherit the Iron Throne. Because that is the order of things. When I'm queen, I will create a new order.
7: Your family has dragons. A power men should never have trifled with.
0: If Ramira comes into power, she can cut off any challenge to her succession. I am to inherit the Iron Throne. She will block my way.
3: Our hearts remain as one.
0: Our hearts were never one. You never imagined yourself on the Iron Throne. Where is duty?
1: Where is sacrifice?
3: Welcome back to Earth Station One. Now it is time to go back to the world of Westeros. All the fun world of dragons when we look at House of Dragons. Mr. Mike, take it away.
2: Absolutely, yes. This is uh, a prequel series based on a large part of, based on the novel Fire and Blood by George R.R. Martin. So there's a lot of familiarity with uh, Game of Thrones fans, but this is House of the Dragon, a a new series on HBO Max. We've got some uh, crew to talk all about it, including, she's usually uh, here for our movie stuff and Star Wars stuff, but here she is for Dragon
5: stuff, (laughs) Ashley Falls. Thank you. I was so excited to get the invite to talk about House of the Dragon because I was late to the party when it came to Game of Thrones and I didn't start watching it till the show was completely over. So I felt like I missed out on a lot of geek discussion surrounding that show. So when uh, House of the Dragon came out, I wanted to make sure I was watching it along with everybody else and I'm excited to be discussing it in real time this time.
2: Awesome, awesome! Well, we are excited to have you with us as always, and we've got two people who've just been lingering around the station for like a week. Uh, <laughs> we've got Chip with us. Uh, Chip, uh, welcome back.
7: Thanks for having me. Well, I mean, after the shuttle left last time and I wasn't wanted, I guess I was stuck. going to this
2: I think we're still talking about Lord of the Rings, right? Like, for all week, <laughs> we've just been talking about Lord <laughs> of the Rings. We just only like we only aired like an hour or so of it, but we've really just been talking about it all week, right? yeah <laughs> and uh m d jackson is here as well uh and he was here again last week as well um but uh it's great to have you both with us as well
6: thank you it's great to be here
2: so um so let's get right to it. There's a lot to discuss uh this show was now i it's it's gonna be, and and this is for mike myself this is for chip and m d this is gonna like it's gonna be hard to not compare and contrast to Lord of the Rings. But I don't really want to spend a lot of time doing that because we could spend hours just doing that. Um, And, uh, I mean, sure, it's going to come up, maybe. But uh, uh, this is definitely a series of its own. Um, Takes place uh, roughly 170, 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones, uh, which, uh, you know, I love how the uh, beginning of it, uh, the beginning (laughs) scroll says that it happens. About one hundred seventy-two years before the birth of uh, Daenerys Targaryen, as if to say, "Like you remember that stuff you didn't like? Well, this is way before that. (laughs) Like, like this is like (laughs) this is way before the stuff you didn't like about the last series." So, so okay, but it is going to involve that family. Uh, The Targaryens are a big part of House of Dragon, so we'll start with you, Chip. What were your expectations going into this? Since you are you familiar with the book, correct? Yep. (laughs)
7: um yeah i've I've listened to go ahead and throw the nerd cred out uh audio audiobooks because i can get to them quicker fire and blood world of ice and fire and the game of thrones books and tales of duncan so i'm familiar with this universe i i was hopeful that it was gonna that they were going to take lessons from the end of thrones and not just go off on their own and so far they've been pretty good about sticking to the canon of the books loose as about as loose as they can with a couple of exceptions. So mm-hmm. that was my hope. Was that. Were you excited by the
2: time period that they chose? I mean, obviously it's a, it's a rich history. They could have gone in, in a lot of different directions, I think, but this specific time period of uh, the the seven kingdoms.
7: I mean, I was, yeah, this is, this is sort of this and like the tales of Duncan egg are sort of the two big time periods they can play with. And I was actually when they announced it, it kind of was like, okay, that makes sense. I like it because it's actually really good. If you've listened, if for those who've read Fire and Blood or listened to it, it is a really well done story beat. And it's very, if you've read that and you've also seen Game of Thrones or what, read the Song of Ice and Fire books, there's a lot of echoes of stuff that happens in these books that kind of echoes stuff that happens in the Song of Ice and Fire books in terms of Who lives, who dies, you know, who wins, kind of what the end results are. Martin likes to do that.
2: (laughs) Uh, MD, what about you? What uh, what was your history with this particular book? And and were you excited that uh, the series was going to be tackling this time period?
6: Uh, well, any characters? I, well, I, I again, I did not read the the, uh, the book um, that it's based on. Uh, I okay. have read the George R. R. Martin. See, I've been a George R. R. Martin fan for a long time. Actually, ever since Sand Kings from uh, Omni back in 1980, uh, I read that and I thought this is a, an amazing writer. And, and you know, Night Flyers is one of my favorite stories of his. His fantasy stuff I was really not into because it, it's not generally where my interest lies. But I did mm-hmm. start reading it because I heard it was going to be a TV series. I started, I started reading the, the, the books, the game of Thrones and a uh, feast of crows, all of those, um, didn't quite make it to you know, the show caught up before I, <laughs> so it's like, I, I saw, I can't read the books they're They're just too long. So I'll just watch the show. So, so I kind of abandoned that. And, and, and then I didn't, I didn't read anything else. Cause I thought that was it. The show was done, but then here we go. House of dragons. Um, but i thought okay well i'm familiar with the uh the tv uh, universal so i thought let's let's dive back in and i was kind of excited um and you know that was one of the things that about the game of thrones was that the fir- whole first season i thought you know if they're not going to have any dragons you know if if there's not going to be any fantasy stuff they're not going to be you know dwarves and and elves and and all that fantasy stuff that i'm sure. not going to watch this so it was like they just at the very end also the fact they killed off my two favorite characters in the first season but um <laughs> so I was like, I was ready to quit, but then they came up with the, the, you know, there was the white walkers and the dragons and I was like, okay, I'm in now with this one, it's like, we got dragons right off the bat. Uh, yes. so yeah. So I was, I was like, I'm in, you know, I, I, I have no idea what the story is about. I have no idea, um, what's going to happen. I've been avoiding sort of looking up too much stuff. Cause I don't want to know. I just want to <laughs> let the series unfold. And, and, and because that was part of the, uh, um, the, uh, Problem with the the TV series is that. Yeah. Okay. I know what was coming. Yeah. Red wedding. Oh man. Are we there already? Oh geez. You know, whereas now it's like, I got no idea what's going on. So it's quite exciting. Awesome.
2: And, and to be clear for those people listening, we will be spoiling everything about the first season of house of the dragon. uh, But we will not be spoiling things. Chip, we will not be spoiling things that happen after the series uh, that may be taking place in the books. So let's just try to keep that off the table uh, because I'm sure that there's a lot of stuff that happens uh, book-wise uh, after this and a lot of, you know, directions it can go. Um, so we'll just got to keep that quiet uh, and until like, you know, for the second season, which we have to wait for another, what, three years for those or something. At right least. About. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Um, okay. So because, Other than Chip, I think we're all not familiar with the specific book in particular. Ashley, that's true of you as well?
5: Yes. So I came to the Game of Thrones uh, fandom fairly late in the game, no pun intended there. I waited to watch the series until it had completely aired. And so over one summer, my um, husband likes to joke, he pretty much didn't see me because I started watching Game of Thrones. And then every day after work, I would rush through my chores and go downstairs to the basement so I could watch more Game of Thrones. But I was just completely entranced by the depth and breadth of this world and these characters. And one thing that I thought was really cool, I have an interest in... um, the history of the British monarchy and medieval history. And it was really cool to me that this was inspired by the war of the roses and some of the real life history that happened. So I thought it was cool to see some of that inspiration, but done in a fantasy universe. And I, I was spoiled a lot of the last season before it came out. So I think that some of the controversy surrounding that didn't hit me as hard as it did for other fans. I kind of knew how it was going to end because I'd, read articles and heard people talking about social media. So was it handled as well as it could have been? I definitely don't think so, but I was kind of expecting that. So I was pretty hopeful coming into House of the Dragon. I don't know that I had necessarily latched onto the Targaryens ahead of time as the house that I most would have wanted to see, but I mean, who doesn't want to see fantasy dragons? And right from the very first episode, I was completely drawn into the characters' and the world the high stakes political chess game um as cool as all the battles are you know i would even be satisfied if we hadn't even gotten any big battles in this first season because i just love seeing the characters and how they interact with each other and they're playing this very dangerous high stakes political games so i am all on board i um Again, because I haven't read the materials based on, I don't know how it's going to end. I have a feeling, kind of based on what we see on uh, Game of Thrones, it's not going to win well for my girl Rhaenyra. But I'm still, I'm still Team Black. I'm still rooting for her. So we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, I I I will say I think um and this is a, probably a minor spoiler and I haven't read the books but uh I think everybody dies. Uh, pretty yeah. much. So like, so like, I, we... by the time you read Game of uh, by the you know by the time Game of Thrones starts everybody in this is dead, right? So yes. there's there's no characters that are carrying over. Uh certainly no like uh because yes this is the the world of the Seven Kingdoms so no everybody has a as a, a mortal uh lifespan uh some of them are cut shorter than others of yeah. course uh but uh yeah so um so yeah that's, i will uh, say this don't Ja'Harris, get don't get too the, attached
7: jaharis the king before this was in his 80s and he's called in the books the old king and he's one of the longest serving monarchs so that the lifespan is not famous for being exceptional yeah no, not so i'm
5: I'm living in denial right now and just looking forward <laughs> to season two, but <laughs> I'm sure uh, uh, it's not going to be happily ever after for everybody. Well, uh, the, if, the, you th- if you
3: think about it, though, Mike and everybody, not even the dragons
2: survive because there are yeah. no dragons when Game of Thrones starts. Good point. Good point. And then this is probably the series to tell you why. Um, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this is, uh, leading up to what it will be called the dance of the dragons, which would have been kind of a cool, uh, name of the show as well, but, uh, they decided house of the dragon, which is singular, which is odd, but, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> enough about the title, Mike, what did you feel like going in? Were you excited by this series? Like, cause I, I think, uh, overall you were kind of the most, as far as I, most of the people I knew, you were like the most lukewarm about it.
3: I wasn't lukewarm. I was, I was curious because, you know, I read the first three Game of Thrones books and enjoyed them.
2: Is that including this one? I can't. I don't know what's the order of them. No, I did
3: read this one. Okay, I read, and it was interesting because I knew a lot of the history and stuff. Just reading it and loving, you know, what you what they what it was about. But it was interesting when they announced this. I was like, okay, maybe I'll watch it, maybe I won't. When they announced that Matt Smith was going to be involved with it, that's what kind of won me over, you know, hence the Doctor Who connection. But I've seen other things that Matt has done and he's a brilliant actor. So I wasn't worried about that. And I'm not including Morbius in that story at all. So don't, you know, don't count me on that one. So it was just interesting to yeah. see and hear, you know, that what was going to happen. And I watched the first episode and I was lukewarm on it. And I watched it the first week it was on and I didn't go back. I was it was like, oh, I know I want to watch the rest of the season. I want to be able to find out what happens and everything. But there were so many other things on TV streaming that this was like at the bottom of the list to watch and I'm glad I watched it I enjoyed the first season um was very dark and I don't mean dark as storyline which was dark in itself but dark shot there was like times I felt like I had to turn up the brightness on my tv to see what was going on in a lot of the scenes and I know this has gotten a lot of criticism Yeah, it was
2: impossible for me to watch the show during the day because the way the light shines in my room, uh, in the in the living room, uh, the TV room where we have the TV, like it it just was impossible to see what was going on with with any light on it. I had to wait till the sun went down in order to actually watch the show um, to know what was going on. And even then, like you said, Mike, it's pretty dark.
3: Mm -hmm. Even at nighttime, it felt like it was like it was like all right, where's the brightness control on this TV?
2: um i uh you know i liked game of thrones i didn't you know like i wasn't gonna jump and read the books or anything like that but i i liked it for what it was uh i even didn't really mind the last season i know a lot of people did uh i did not i you know was was it as perfect as it could have been no but i i kind of enjoyed it um so when they announced that they were doing another one, I wasn't surprised. I mean, Game of Thrones is a huge franchise for HBO max. So of course, they're going to try to do something else. They're not going to go in the future because they have no idea what, and you know, I'm sure George R. R. Martin doesn't want them to do anything more in the future either. Cause he's still planning that out as well. So they're going to go, you know, it's going to be a prequel and so many things that we're seeing are prequels, you know, Star Wars prequels, uh, Lord of the Rings prequels, you know, so it, it it was not surprise me. And I'm not a big fan of prequels overall. This one went far back enough though, you know, 200 years that I was like, okay, there's a little room to play with here. Um, I hadn't read the book. So, and I was under the impression that, that there wasn't a lot in the books to cover this time period as well. So the producers would have a little bit more freedom, but I was, uh, I found out afterwards while listening to this podcasts about, you know, the show that um no no it's a lot of the events that are played out here uh are are definitely played out in in uh, are definitely listed anyway in fire and blood so um for those people who are familiar with that book uh there's a lot of things that they're looking at here with um uh you know either some skepticism like hey that it's not the way it happened in the books or i know what's coming you know as you said Andy, like the red wedding like i know something bad's going to come because i've read i read that event so i know oh that's going to come oh god
3: read the red wedding and then actually to see it
2: on the screen oh my god Oof. yeah yeah i guess yeah it's well it's one thing to read it and then to see it play out um so uh, so I, I went in open arms and, and I, you know, I enjoyed what I saw in the first episode. Um, you know, it's very much, a a mix of what Game of Thrones I think does best where I think, you know, it's got a little bit of the crown in it. It's got a little bit of house of cards in it. It's got a little bit of West wing in it. Like, but it's all in a fantasy. It's definitely a fantasy series for, adults, for mature adults. And I'm not just talking about the TNA and all the violence or whatever, but it's like, it really talks about like, a lot of it is just people talking in rooms. Like, it's just people talking, but yet there's so much on the line. And there's like, every character is saying something to another character. That's not quite what they're saying, but what they're intending, like is completely different. And there's a lot of other things going on here. And it's, it's quite, I mean, it takes a cast Just like in Game of Thrones, it takes an amazing cast to be able to pull that off, as well as, you know, amazing showrunners and writers and et cetera, et cetera. And I I, overall, I don't know that I'm attached to this as much as I was the first season of Game of Thrones. Um, But uh, but I am invested. I, I think they did a good job. The one thing that that really threw me off, though, I will say is the. I mean, people talked about the last season of, of Game of Thrones. One of the big, you know, criticisms was that it was it was it felt rushed that, you know, they did a lot of things in a short amount of time and it just felt really rushed uh, because they only had a certain amount of episodes to get this done and finished. Well, this thing like I mean, this this show starts and then like just like puts the pedal to the metal. Time jumps all over the place. We get a cast change, like, like halfway through the series. It's crazy how fast this goes. And I couldn't understand. I was confused because I couldn't understand what the rush was. I'm um, like, why are they spending, like, why are they going so fast? Why aren't we spending more time with these characters? Why aren't we spending more time with these actors? Because they're pretty good. I'm attached to them. And now all of a sudden, boom, in one episode, they're replaced. I'm like, the and major characters, major characters are replaced. Um, and it's just, it was just crazy for me that, but I understand now that this first season is just a, as it's a prelim. It's just like the real, the real series is going to start, next season like the the last thing this is like a a preview if you will or prequel to like really what's the most interesting thing that's going to happen which is probably going to be a lot like you know um more real time and it's going to be a less pedal to the metal Um, No, i
3: agree with that mike because it almost felt like it was a prologue in a lot of absolutely
2: yes prologue yes it felt like a yeah i mean it felt like a teaser like like you know when you see a normal tv show and you get that five minute teaser Like, that's what this whole series is going to be like, I think, to the rest of the season, from what I gather. I don't know. But man, it was, it just felt like it was going at a breakneck pace, like doing time jumps. I don't know the, uh, the first season covers like, it seems like 50 years almost. It's not that quick. It's more like. Twenty or
3: thirty, right? I but, think it was. I think it was like twenty-five years that they cover in this. Yeah, first and season. and
2: you know, I mean, characters are having children, and we don't even really see that. And it's like there's a lot. Children of are having like children, me. or. Yeah, and it's kind of hard. You need a scorecard, really. It's it was really that part of it was. I mean, I liked a lot of what was happening, but there was a lot of stuff that threw me off. um MB, we'll start with you. What did you feel about this season, and especially the way it played out with the time jumps and everything? I didn't realize that that was, that this was kind of prologue to a larger story. I,
6: you know, I, I was just solid following it, but the time jumps really did throw me. Um, and they happened. Yeah. Like you said, they happened so fast, you know, and, and, you know, you, you're watching the show, you, you you know, get up to go grab a cup of tea or something. You come back and say, like, where, where, where'd the kids go? Who, who's that guy with the eye patch? Oh, right. Okay. You know, it's like, but, uh, yeah, the time jumps really did, uh, throw me off although I, I thought it was funny in contrast to the um you know characters growing up so fast uh the one character who i did not give any chance to survive past the first couple of episodes was actually right there almost to the end and that was uh <laughs> patty constantine as 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 uh, uh and i have to look consult my cheat sheet because uh, i i can't remember the names there patty constantine is a Viserys. um mm. he's you know there was that that part where he um did not uh you know, he, he, he didn't take Lord Corliss up on, you know, their, their daughter who was only nine at the time. And he, and he went to the the one who was older and I thought, well, that's probably a good call because you don't know how long that guy's going to last. He looks like he's falling apart right from the very beginning. And yet, you know, he, he lasted right to the end, you know, he's, he's he's like lost to the eye and, 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 and he's just, you know, he's basically just sort of, you know, falling apart bit by bit, but, but he, uh, he lasted, uh, quite a lot longer and of course uh, and that was amazing cuz Paddy Cons- Considine is is a,
3: a just an amazing actor um yes yeah the yes. talk the yeah, talking is very much so. he also yeah. felt like kenny from south park a lot of times he felt like <laughs> yeah, he kept feeling like there was so like many episodes about that to ended die. with
2: him like collapsing and i'm like oh he's dead and the yeah, next episode is. is like alive and oh, i'm like what? He's like i'm still there like, yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah and he ages like tremendously through this whole series where his brother doesn't age at all. So uh, I don't know why that is, but uh, I don't know. Matt Smith's got something going on there where he doesn't, uh, you know, (laughs) Damon doesn't like age as much as Time Lord. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. And, you know, if you're, we've seen it before in real life, like people in positions of powers, like presidents or whatever, it really ages people. Like if you're not that, then of course, you know, you can, uh, you can live longer. Uh, you see the less effects on it, um, but uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, Ashley, what about you? What did you feel about the uh, first season?
5: Yeah. So overall, I really, really liked this show. Um, like I mentioned, I was all in from the first episode, was really drawn into the characters and the drama and the larger story being told. I will say I was slightly disappointed when they did some of the time jumps just because I was enjoying The performers that were playing um, young Rhaenyra and young Alicent so much, like, they were so good. The performers who play the older versions of the characters are really good, too, but it was hard. Like, I wasn't quite ready to let go of the younger versions yet. I thought they played such good and compelling versions of those characters. So, yeah, I wouldn't have um complained if we'd gotten to see more of them but at the same time also understand that they're trying to eventually get to the big civil war which will be the bulk of this series so it would have been nice to to dwell with them um a little bit longer but yeah overall i really enjoyed it i think that um they made a right choice for the prequel And going back and telling more about these characters. And again, yeah, I think they have learned some lessons from the final season. And something else I really appreciated in some of the first seasons of Game of Thrones, I wasn't the hugest fan of how the female characters were treated and... We're not always given agency and just kind of, but I felt like this was much improved. Like I felt like the female characters always had agency, even if the characters were limited in what they could do. I felt like the showrunners and the script writers and the directors were always making sure those performers got to put a lot of nuance and depth in the role and so yeah i'm on board i'm really excited to see what comes next and bummed that apparently we have to wait a couple years instead of just next year as i was originally assuming
2: it almost feels like in a lot of ways uh that this is the producer's way of like apologizing for the last season of game of thrones particularly what they how they treated uh, daenerys um because here you have like so many women female characters in positions of power. And really it's a lot more their story than it is most of the men. Although King Veneris, like of Viserys, is there like through the whole season pretty much. So if there's any character that's like the main guy, maybe it's him. But I mean, obviously with Rihanna and Allison. um, and that's where that through me that the the casting changes mid season with those two. I, it took me a minute or two to get used to it. Like I was really digging what they, the, the younger actresses were doing that when, you know, it took me a couple of episodes to really invest in them again, because I was like, I like, why did you replace them? I, and now you had, I, this is an older version, really? Like I just, it, yeah, that was confusing to me as well. And it took me out of it a little bit. Um, Chip, how did you feel about the, uh, the first season here?
7: I'm probably the only one here that the time gems really didn't bother partially because I knew they were coming. <laughs> just, I'm waiting to get to the previews. good stuff. <laughs> it's sort of, it's sort of that, but it's also that it. The way you kind of have to think about this, and uh, if uh, I'm gonna go ahead and on it, Ashley with uh, the historical, for those of you who are not familiar with the thing uh, with English history, the Anarchy. That's what this is all based on. The English, the Anarchy. This, this all actually happened. Sorry, I just wanted to share that, but. Um, it, this is kind of like for the game of thrones reference this is kind of like watching a show about robert's rebellion and having the first season being establishing who the mad king is who Rhaegar is who why people are pissed at him that is insane so they they kind of have to lay all the pieces on the board because if they just jumped in with the fight then all anyone would be saying is that does hasn't read the books is okay wait why is that one wait how are those are dragon riders and those are dragon riders why are they fighting each other wait who's that giant kaiju over there and why does that guy have a blue glass eye? Like, it it felt like the time jumps were sort of, again, like you said, it's laying the groundwork for next season because the the whole war is about a lot of the... And I liked that even with the time jumps, they focused on Rhaenyra and Allison because that is, the end of the day, it's actually commented on in the books that despite this being all of the men fighting, that this really comes down to two women being pissed at each other. So, Mm. I like... I kind of liked it.
2: Yeah. And and in a lot of ways, it does mirror or is parallel to the first season of Game of Thrones, which is all set up. Um, You know, it's only the events, you know, spoilers for Game of Thrones. But it's only like the the Stark's death at the end that really gets things moving to uh, really out and out conflict in the seasons after that. Um, the only thing is is that the first season of of Game of Thrones doesn't take place over like the span of twenty years, like it takes place in like in a week <laughs> like look. so so it's a little bit easier that way, but yeah, I mean, the first season you're right, I mean, in order for us to get involved and invested in a conflict that's to come, we need to know who the players are and uh and I think you know they've established the players well enough I think that i'm I'm pretty interested, I think there's more. I don't know. There's so many players uh, because I mean, just family alone, uh, Rainier and, and, and Allison, I think seem like they have like 20 kids between them. Like, I just like, I'm like, but we only get to see like four of them. And I'm like, this is, and we don't even really get to know them that much. Um, I felt like, cause when, you know, the last, when the youngest one dies, at the at the end of the season i i wish i felt more i mean it was a it was a big shock and it was like a amazingly done well done scene but i don't know if i had inve- been invested in that character enough to really like be horrified um but uh mike what about you what uh what's how did you feel about the first season here
3: first season for me it was a slow burn in a lot of ways it was a lot of talking and a lot of talking. And like Chip, I did not mind the time jumps. It actually, a lot of it made sense because you wanted to further progress the story and, you know, advance the plots and such. It kept on being interesting every time they did a time jump to make to see the king was still around each time. Because I there was a lot of times where I thought, oh, he's gone. He's probably over. And she's going to either be in charge or... There's going to be, you know, the beginning of the Civil War. And it was just interesting to see. But like you, what you just said, Mike, I never got really attached to any of the kids on either side. And, you know, and when the young one was killed, when literally eaten by the dragon at the end of the final episode, that's where it was like, oh, crap, things are about to get real. But for me, the the getting real, what overall, I was enjoying the series. I was, everyone I felt like was just making their moves, power play, like a game of chess in some ways. Pieces were falling into place and everything. It almost felt like what really piqued my interest was the king being crowned in the ninth episode and the Mm -hmm. dragon coming out of the floor was just awesome. That was just like okay, you've got my interest. I am now locked in with this series. This is where it's going to get cool. And I was just like, okay, this is this is awesome. But until that point, I was just like, okay, am I going to stay with this or am I going to cuz it felt like oh, we've seen some a lot of this already in Game of Thrones. We've seen this, we've seen that. And there was a lot of that. There wasn't anything that I felt like was all that original. And I liked the acting. I liked the car- the actresses who played the princess, the young one and the older one. I had my Oogie moment when Matt Smith and her, were the little one, were making out. Yes, I know the actress was in her 20s, but I think she was supposed to be 15 or something like that at the time. So I had my Oogie parts for that. And, you know, and it's, just I don't like, care
2: how old they are. It's a niece and uncle getting married. Like, dude, I don't dude, care how old it. Is. I they, know it's Game they Thrones, had but...
3: so many cousins marrying <laughs> each other and, oh, mar- you're going to marry your sister or you're going to, you know, sure. and it's yes. like to keep the bloodline pure and everything. And that's right out of British history that you know most monarchs do that sure. do that sure
2: it doesn't make it any less gross though
3: no oh ex- exactly and then for them to see it it was just like okay well there you go and it was it was just real interesting and then that birth scene also in the final episode
2: okay i was going to oh. say which one there's like four
3: no the fi- <laughs> the final one and cuz the baby you know died inside of her and oh that was just it was heartbreaking and it was disgusting and she literally yanked the baby out of herself and it was just like oh oh my god so did i enjoy it there were parts i enjoyed i it won me over in the final episode in the final two episodes won me over on the series so i'll be back but it took two the final two episodes to do that for
2: before, and I think, that, uh,
3: before that, before that, I was a total, you know, rings of power. Okay, I like that so much more than this. But in, then, with what happened in the last two episodes, I like them both.
2: I think I'm pretty equal. I think the last two episodes are two brilliant hours of television. Like yeah, the, agree the, the, completely. the 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 pen- the one right before, like the the season finale, as well as the one right before that, telling them in in their perspectives. So you get to see one side and then you get to see the other side um, and you don't get flashes back and forth, back and forth. It's just one side on one episode, one side on the other. And I thought that was really effective storytelling, how they did that. I thought it was pretty amazing. Um, And yeah, to see where that ends up. So yeah, I do agree that um, the last two episodes were really, Um, powerful in that respect and made it come together in a way that uh, it really needed to, in order for me to be excited about the next season. Um, We've talked about the time jump. We've mentioned some of the characters, obviously. Um, uh, We'll start with you, MD. Was there a character in this show that you particularly really enjoyed uh, following?
6: Um, Yes, Uh, and that's the basically reason to watch the show as far as I'm concerned, you know, you you, sure you watch it for the dragons you watch it for the boobs but Matt Smith, uh, his character, uh, he's a terrible guy, he's an awful guy. It but he's really very is. interesting he's so very interesting he does things that you wouldn't expect him to do i mean i i fully expected when he goes when he went back to river run or wherever it was and he and he you know to go to see his wife it's like yeah she's not going to last very long and she didn't yeah. um but and then you know he he's the guest at that other lord's uh castle and he just basically is given up but he wants to just sit and read the books all day <laughs> it's like that's a very you know and and uh and matt smith of course is an amazing actor and he goes from the sort of dispirited, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it, to to a complete badass when he when he kills the uh, the crab king. Uh, that I, that that was
3: that, a defining moment for his character.
6: Yeah, that mm-hmm. moment, and that and I think he only had one line of dialogue in the whole thing. Everything was done without any dialogue. He mm. didn't say anything. He just went and had and did. Um, and and the motivation for that, the fact that his brother offered support for the war that that he was losing and he and that was like that's the last straw i'm going to show you know i'm not going to let that happen and and he didn't say it he didn't say a darn thing but you knew that was what his motivation was just the way that that, uh he uh um um, presented it and 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 um yeah you know beating the messenger to death it's like okay he got that some bad news um but um yes absolutely matt smith his character uh um and also As again, the the kids grew up pretty fast, and the uh, and again, I'm going to have to check my cheat sheet. But the uh, the (laughs) the younger son of um, uh, is it Amon the one with the who lost the eye? Yeah,
2: yeah, Uh, yeah.
6: Amon Amon. His character is starting to become very interesting, especially Mm -hmm. in the very last moment of the last episode when he goes too far. You know, he didn't intend for that to happen, but it did, and and now it's like holy, you know, he's he has. Uh, he's, he's gone way too far. He has done something that is completely irreversible and, and you know, that there's going to be consequences for that. And, and, uh, so, but his character is, is, um, is, is shaping up to be really interesting as well.
2: And there's a lot of Damon in his character, I think. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're, they're sort of very, uh, you know, they're very angry, uh, very, um, tough, uh, and tough, angry men. Yes. <laughs> tough, tough, angry Targaryens. Like, yep. Tough, yep. not, not what angry you want. Younger sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not. Yep. They're not. Yeah, younger so- Exactly right. He's like the young. He's like he's Damon to uh, what's his name? They that was just they, uh, named King, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's his <clears throat> Damon, and then and he and he sort of looks the part. You know, he looks like a young Matt Smith in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways. And I'm like, but it's to believe. I'm like, wow, did Damon sleep with her too? Like, I'm just like, 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 (laughs) anyway. um, But I agree that Matt Smith as Damon does an incredible job. I think throughout most of the characters throughout the first three or four episodes, he was the one that I, I was like, I'm following, like, that's the reason I'm watching this show. Um, he kind of disappears in the later ones a little bit, like less of a, he's less interesting. But then right at the end, he becomes like, boom, Damon again. And, uh, and, and, and it's, it, he's interesting again. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely think, I see that. I do see that as well. Um, Chip, what about you? What's a character that you uh, enjoyed following?
7: I'm gonna echo what MD said. I'm 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 totally a fan of Damon and Amon um, Damon because again Matt Smith, again you know if you know him only I will say this only to two people out there if you only know him as the eleventh Doctor and you've never watched like the Crown or some of the other stuff he's done he doesn't do it in the Doctor but he is able to turn on some level of menace. There's something that he can do with his eyes that he can kind of go from that goofy to I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to like it. And you're just like <laughs> okay. Um, but him and Amon and Amon, I will give is. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I may be completely off. And I'm sure somebody, if we when we post this, will will go in the comments and correct me. But is Amon the one that is David Tennant's son, or is that Aegon? Because I know one of them is a tenant. One of those uh, two brothers is a tenant. Uh, so there's uh, there's a Titan. There somewhere. Tie tenant
2: plays young Aegon.
7: Yes. So it's young Aegon. Okay. So yeah. I knew I knew he was one of the brothers. And I was about to make there's a time lord joke in there somewhere about we're talking about them echoing each other. Um but yeah, there is that younger brother thing. Um without spoiling anything with within an upcoming seasons, I will say that connection plays a is a big through line in the upcoming story, that similarity between those two and that sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um those two, I would also add in Coralus Valerian. Uh, for those of you who are not uh, keeping the names, sorry, uh, the head of the Valerian household, the one who mm-hmm. whose sickness prompts the whole, uh, the seventh episode. Um, yeah. Yeah. He is, again, he, if, in the books, he's the closest thing to Indiana Jones, Lara Croft, and like Captain America kind of rolled into one. I, I really can't explain that he is this like, massive character so that they they got an actor who i feel like if you know him from the books he does feel like he is Corliss. he feels like this guy who could have done all the amazing things that you hear about him doing in the books without like he's able to kind of have that gravitas toss of personality where you feel like okay yeah yeah, i took a ship up north through the ice and only turned back because his ship got a crack in the hull like you know this kind of makes sense so Coralis was also on my list.
2: Yeah, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was pretty impressive. I always kind of wanted to know a little bit more about him, actually. And unfortunately, the things going HBO working pace, on
7: that show,
2: we can't really uh, stop. And when and then they even have to like show like previously on or whatever. Like they they have scenes that are not actually in the series to like define some of the characters a little bit more. Because I think there's a shot of him like. Battling something like some uh, uh like he's he's doing the adventure battling thing, and I'm like, "Oh, I wanted to see that show, but you know whatever we don't have time for that um ashley what's uh what's a character that resonated with you?
5: Yeah, well, I agree with everything else that's already been said, so many complex characters to dig into, but my favorite was probably um Renera. I kind of latched onto her right away, and I believe the a performer's name is Millie Alcock who played her. And it's just really interesting to see her mature and grow throughout this series. I mean, in a really difficult position, like the throne, the birthright should be hers, but because she's a woman, um, there is prejudice in Westeros against her. And then her father does go ahead and defy tradition and then names her heir. And then all the conflict involved in that. And then, the awkwardness of her friendship with Allison. Like you've got this friend Pierre that suddenly like marries your dad and becomes like your stepmother. That would be a lot to get into. And then you have that complete competing bloodline. So I felt like there was a lot of nuance between those two characters and watch how their friendship and relationship breaks down and um, is driven apart. But yeah, I, I enjoyed seeing uh, Rhaenyra as she grew as a character. I also found, um, rain is, I believe is, is her name. Very compelling. Again, like if anyone should have had the throne, like it should have been hers. And, right. but that passed her by and then just her decisions to go ahead and back, um, Rhaenyra, even despite the slight against her and, Hollywood is getting better about this, but I don't think there's nearly enough compelling roles for older female actresses. So it was really great to see this type of role and this type of performance. But yeah, and then again, Allison, I don't know that I really like her as a person, but shout out to both those performers um, playing her that they're able to add some sympathy to that character. She's in a very difficult position. She was kind of maneuvered into this marriage, politically advantageous by her father, who definitely does not necessarily have her best interests at heart and is more about his own best interests and his ambitions. And then she has um, these fears for her children that if Renera takes the throne, you know, what will happen to her kids? So she's in a really difficult spot. And um, just the fact also that unfortunately her firstborn is kind of a rubbish terrible person and is not going to make a good king, but she kind of has to back him because of this tradition. So again, yeah, so much complex. That's one of the things I love about Game of Thrones that even if these characters aren't always likable, they're compelling and you can, because of the great performers playing them, you can kind of feel sympathy and see where they're coming from. So yeah, I'm really curious to see what this all builds to and as it all falls apart in next season the fallout of what happens between um amand and his uh cousin will be really interesting to see
2: I, uh, I agree. Um, and uh, I especially agree about uh, Reynus. I think um, if I'm pronouncing that right, um, she's uh, she to me is like the MVP of the last two episodes. Yes. Because um, she's a through line, you know, I mean, she's the one that bursts in with her dragon, um, you know, and, and points the weapon right at the the family and like. And you're thinking, was she gonna take them out? And you know, Chip knows, um, but the rest of us are like, what? Yeah, like
5: maybe she <laughs> um, <laughs> should have, but then there oh, would be should, no second she definitely season. Should so. have, but um, <laughs>
2: but you're right, there wouldn't have been. And but then you know, and seeing her in the second episode, in the in the last episode where she's like, you know, she's backing uh, Rhaenyra, but she's not bending her knee. Yeah. uh sue her and uh because like that is the woman that is you know l- responsible for her son's death like she's yeah. she hasn't forgotten that either so there's a lot of stuff that's happening uh with her character as well very compli- complex and you're right um you know uh elder women don't get a lot of roles like this and so it's a credit to Eve best that she's mm-hmm. able to just knock this out of the park um Mike, what about you? What's another character that uh, you uh, like this season?
3: Well, I did like the puppy in the second episode. I thought, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, I thought it was pretty awesome. You know, you, if Damon was the power through the first three quarters of the series. Truthfully, he, you know, he was, he was what I focused on. He was the main for me the main character and i was like oh he is going to be the big bad in this he's going to be the villain he's going to be the reason for the civil war everything and i thought he was going to be the leader leading up against the king and everything and they since i hadn't read the book i didn't have the knowledge of it and they threw that right out they threw it in my face i went nope wasn't that and I'm glad they did They They kept me on my toes. And that was one of the cool things about it. He he kind of got muted a little bit. I think his, the last big thing he did was when they were all in the throne room and the one character was go, going off and calling, you know, the kids bastards, you know, because he wanted... To be in charge of his brother's kingdom. And Matt Smith took the sword and basically sliced his head off, literally, right in a half. And I was like, oh, that is just awesome. But after that, he's more brooding and he's more plotting and everything. And I think he is going to be a force to, to be dealt with in the second season completely and i'm looking forward to seeing what he does um and you know rihanna was she's awesome i liked the young one and i liked the older one both of them i think were handled very very well and i liked where they were going with it and the scene at the end where she got the crown was just like wow that was just awesome i wasn't expecting that and it was it was pretty awesome it was
2: and i think uh as far as as uh queen renee i think you know uh definitely even though she spends most of that the last episode trying to keep the peace it's obvious like that that last shot like her eyes are like full daenerys right like, like they're just like, like she's like she's like you know when they talked about like oh let's just surround like king's landing with the dragons and everything and then she's like no nah, that's that we don't want to do that now she looks like yeah that's a pretty good idea <laughs> that's a pretty oh, good idea
3: in that final scene when they find out what happened it was like yeah oh yeah she's i mean because
2: like, all bets are off like she's like no i'm not messing around you just killed my kid like this is like yeah this is it's on now exactly i uh, tried to
3: be peaceful i tried to be negotiable but nope you guys kind of threw it down and bye-bye you know pretty much and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens do i want to see a season of all-out war there's got to be more to it than that because i think it would just it would get old after a while but there's so much world still to explore in this era too so i'm gonna be very I, I, do have to,
2: I do have to point out for people who are just listening to this podcast and not able to watch the uh the youtube uh stream um Chip every time one of us I, every she time so one of us like tongue. every time one of us like says something uh while we're talking uh at various points ship like opens his mouth and just like no i can't say that i no i can't say that like he's just like <laughs> constantly doing that so i am not going to ask everybody what they want to see from second season i am not going to ask anybody what they think might happen in the second season because whether whether he means to or not chip is probably going to like play overplay that hand uh so uh,
7: so uh, i'll just say getting, two words blood and cheese yeah that's well, all i'm gonna the, say and the,
2: i mean i do know that this
3: is
2: (laughs) that this the civil war that's that we're now involved with is known in the books as the dance of the dragons now i don't think it's i think it's going to be a very like hardcore and angry dance (laughs) like i don't think it's going to be ballet by any means um but it's it's probably going to be pretty brutal and uh and i think if you want to see dragon on dragon action like yeah this is uh, going to be the show uh for you to watch uh, certainly in the second season going forward i have no idea how long this season the seasons could go but i do expect the pace to, to 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 slow down a lot uh next season um and uh but we'll see we'll see what happens um just i guess as we sort of try to wrap up the show um at least our part of it anyway and we um, barely
3: scratched the surface of the show oh
2: we did we did you know we barely scratched the surface uh we didn't even you know really get to talk about um you know the queen's feet and all that like so um like (laughs) what a what a what a weird scene that was uh i'm still like not sure like what what possessed them to put that in there. Uh, but
5: anyway, um, I had uh purged that from my mind. So thanks for bringing <laughs> that back up.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like, Hey, uh, club foot. Um, you know, like, uh, like that's just, yeah, it just was weird. Um, anyway, I guess there's gotta be something for people to talk about at the uh, proverbial water cooler. Um, but, uh, anyway, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> Ashley, overall, um, how, how satisfied were you with this series um, as it is, as it's going forward? How invested are you in it? Um, feel free to even compare it to the rest of Game of Thrones if you like.
5: Yeah, oh, I am definitely on board. I really like this show. It's one of my uh, favorite geek stories of the year so far. So, and unless it gets any like unexpected competition as we near the end of the year it's definitely going to be in the top 5 probably the top 3 so i really like the characters i'm really excited to see where it going is going um i liked it so much that i've started on a cosplay uh based on Rhaenyra for next year for the uh oh, for nice. the next con so you can always tell that's a sign if I like a show enough that I'm like I gotta find a way to do a cosplay of that. So yeah, I'm really excited to see where it goes. I'm yeah, definitely on so you're board. Gonna,
2: you're gonna dye your hair? Is that it? that was, gonna... Um,
5: we're gonna go with the wig. I'm not quite that committed, so. <laughs> but this will be I, you my and,
2: first. You and almost everybody other, everybody who else who acted on this show.
5: <laughs> yeah, like I don't think there's a lot. I good costumes but a lot of yeah wigs. i can definitely tell there's there's some wigs going on there
2: yeah a lot of wigs on this show i mean i didn't mind but it is what it is right but uh that's awesome md what about you what uh how did you feel overall about the series
6: i was impressed with the series because
2: it made a point that i thought
6: i thought was actually really obvious is that dragons are a metaphor for nuclear weapons mm-hmm. um so uh, they are playing with that, and obviously you know because uh, no one wants a war with dragons because you know what's going to happen, and It's like well, obviously no one wants a full nuclear war because we know what the fallout's going to be Pardon the pun um but uh it's going to be interesting to see that they are brought to the edge of of that decision and and how they're going to go forward from there so yeah i'm i'm in I'm totally invested in it now and and
2: let's be clear, this is not like two groups that know how to use these weapons of mass destruction the they, they there's a lot of like this is the early days where they have no idea really what the these things are capable of or how to use them properly uh because these haven't these things haven't been used in decades this way right okay. so and a lot of them are younger so uh the writers are not in the control as we see in the last episode so it makes it even more interesting it's like they've got their they've got their fingers on on these on these buttons, but they don't know which what the buttons are going to do necessarily. <laughs>
6: which which might give us a clue as to why there actually is no dragons at the beginning of the
2: Game of Thrones. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, Chip, uh, I'm going to ask you like go like were you satisfied overall with what you know? Were you able to like align it properly? Was it was this satisfying for you? And of course, you know it's coming in some ways. Uh, but uh, how excited for you are you for the for this to continue?
7: I thought I did a very good job of the through line of, for those of you who've read the books, the, the inspiration of the series is supposed to be the inspiration for them. So if you've read the books, there's bits where you can sort of see how it gets recorded in the books that makes sense with what is shown. So I thought they did a very good job of sort of threading that line, like we talked about with Rings of Power, where there's not as much direct, exact names and dates and times and so they kind of had a little bit of a line to thread. i thought they did good with that um i did like um they did a very good job of like you were saying the the analogy to nukes is brought up and sort of they are treated as the weapons of mass destruction Um uh, one thing that i really did like in that scene actually is if you listen when they when the two boys when amon and Luceris are fighting in the clouds when they start getting pissed at each other and getting scared they stop speaking valerian and Valyrian is the language that the dragons listen to. So again, it's kind of like two kids who, who you know, suddenly got a gun, and the gun is suddenly going off in their hands, and they forget all the safety rules about like how to turn it off. So mm-hmm. that's part of why, like, they sort of they imply that's part of why you know, um, not Um That's why Vagar, you know goes crazy is because Luc- even Aemon is not screaming at him in Valyrian; he's basically screaming at him in Common. And the dragon isn't listening to him anyway, so it's sort of that. It does a very good job of showing that this is, these are still kids. These are still like sixteen year olds who are, you know, again holding weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. This is gonna get. But I did, yeah, I really liked that. I, I liked. I thought this was a very good season so far. I'm, I'm looking forward to season two.
2: Awesome, awesome. Um Mike what about you I know that this was a a, a little bit of a bumpy ride uh, but uh, but how did you feel overall and um are you excited to continue
3: Overall I was not thrilled with it and I truthfully didn't regret watching it I don't think it'll be in my top 10 of the, of series this season but it probably will be in my top 20 And I will be back for season two because now I'm invested, especially the way they left the season and with what's to come. I enjoyed it. Um, Was it, you know, what I expected? Yeah. But Game of Thrones ended with a bad taste in my mouth already. So, you know, did it pick up this way? No, it improved it and, you know, made me remember the things I liked about Game of Thrones. But there was, truthfully, there was not one redeemable character that I actually was like, you know, I can actually follow this character that I can actually like. You know, Game of Thrones, you had Jon Snow, you had Tyrion, you had characters you actually were rooting for. And I know that wasn't the way a lot of it was in the book, but it was very interesting. I never felt this with the series and everything, you know. There wasn't even people I was like, okay, kill them off already. Except for the king. I was just waiting for him to drop anytime. time. So, but it was just, it was interesting to see. And like, like I said, will I come back? Yeah. Um, will I rush to go see it when it comes back? I'll watch it weekly. I won't tower watch it like I did this time. And I think that'll probably maybe improve it a little bit for me too. So we'll have to wait and see.
2: Yeah. Well, we've got a little bit to wait for that for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, overall I enjoyed it. Um, sure. There's things that I wish that they had done differently. I, I think the, the time jumps and all that could have been handled a little bit better and a little bit easier. And, um, you know, the, we could have gotten to know the, uh, actors playing those characters in a little bit like longer of a setting. Um, cause I, you know, I, it, it was a big switch. Like when, in the, when the switch happened, especially with the two main, you know, Allison and, um, Renera, like there's like, that was just like, it's, it's two of the main characters. You're just swapping out the actresses in the middle of the season. It just was like, what are you doing? Um, and I don't know if that was absolutely necessary. I think it could have been done in another way. Um, but I, a lot of the other characters, it's just like, you know, as opposed to Game of Thrones where we get to see a lot more of the Seven Kingdoms or at least like a few more kingdoms, this is just pretty much like two and really like one main family. You don't really get to see a lot of other characters from the other like places. So it's, it really is a little bit more uh, smaller scale. Although it looks great, it's produced well. It's written well. The music is fantastic. Again, uh, the the opening credit music, the opening credits, everything is this is put together. It looks beautiful. I mean, obviously, they didn't spend as much money on this as Amazon did on on Lord of the Rings, but it's still looks great and is beautiful and yes we need to see more of it so yes please turn on some lights uh like show runners so we can actually see some of the stuff and the dragons you know
3: torches that's all we're asking for per scene
2: five more and torches the- and the dragons look incredible, so if you want to show about dragons uh, this is this is going to be you know pretty awesome, so I am excited as well, so thanks everybody for joining us for a look at this first season uh we're going to be right back, and we're going to do a little bit something different in uh, the creative element.
4: Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about Tales of the Jedi, the new animated series on Disney+. Plus. Disney+, has been bringing out some quality Star Wars content the past few years, live action and animated. Tales of the Jedi is a six-episode animated series that focuses on the backstories of Ahsoka and Count Dooku. I was really excited to learn that the series would focus on the backstories of these two characters since we really do not learn too much about their pasts in the animated series and live-action Star Wars franchises. So getting to see how they became, who they are, and what they did is incredibly interesting. I was also really fascinated that they gave us what happened to Yaddle as well since there's always been that question after the prequel series of what happened to Yaddle? I also really love that we get more Ahsoka since her series will be out hopefully soon. I really hope there's a second season of this since there are so many characters that they could focus on to get backstories of, like pretty much every single back character Jedi from the prequel series. And the episodes were concise, quick, and incredibly interesting from start to finish. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girls Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out.
3: Hey, you know how you don't have any friends? It's fine.
6: The Flopcast will be your friend. Your weird podcast friend. Join us
4: on the Flopcast every week for a silly conversation about cartoons, music, comic books, chickens, and obscure 80s pop culture trivia that no one, literally no one, could possibly care about. Find us at Flopcast.net. And on the ESO Network. It'll be our little
0: secret.
3: Welcome back to Earth Station one now we 're here with friend of the show, Robert Young. You have some big news concerning Borderlands comics up in Greenville, South Carolina. You want to tell everyone the big news? The really big news actually
8: you mean the the fact that we actually are grand opening it's actually happening the new location it's sixteen thousand square feet
3: of nerdiness it is It is awesome. So you closed the old location after 24 years and the, you closed on Friday and you ha, are opening on your grand opening is Saturday, the 12th.
8: Yeah, we're grand opening on the 12th. We soft opened uh, today and, uh, you know, just trying to work on our systems, let people get in, mill around, see if we liked how things worked or got any feedback. And uh, it was a lot busier than we thought it would be. And that's a good thing. So, uh, so did yeah. you have,
3: did you have people waiting at the doors for you guys to open,
8: <laughs> we did, we had three different guys wanting to be the first person to buy something.
3: Oh, that's nice. awesome. That is really awesome.
8: It was, it, it's humbling. I mean, it really is flattering. It's really cool.
3: So are you gonna, if they paid cash, did you put the dollar on the, on the, on the wall or something? Our first dollar at the new store?
8: Oh, all three of them paid with card. Ah, so by then we put, just went, yeah, put their credit oh. card receipt up.
3: <laughs> yeah, put the receipt up on the wall. <laughs> Cross out the credit card number in there.
8: That's right. So yeah, well, that, that was awesome. kind of funny.
3: So tell me, you know, sixteen thousand square feet. Does that include like warehouse space, or is that
8: all no? The, the warehouse shop? is uh, the warehouse is about four. So it's about um, 12,000, I guess, 12,000 square feet of, of, uh, retail and then some gaming space and, um, pretty crazy. I mean, the, the joke I'm always making is it's, 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 it's hectic vacuum. Yeah. You know, it's a whole lot of space hmm. to clean.
3: Oh, I'm so, sure. Uh, I'm sure. And but we, this is, we, we filled it in four days. In the
8: what, four yeah. Days. Um, yeah, we filled it and we took us. Four days to basically be ready to open, um, which is really a testament to how hard my team worked. And um, I don't know if any of them will listen to this, but I, I want to give them a shout out. The uh I've never worked at a place where you could work people as hard as they worked the last four days. And this morning I showed up to work 20 minutes before I told everyone to be here. And I was sixth. Really, sixth in line, like they they were already here, standing around outside talking. And I went, "That's crazy!" And they all had an amazing attitude all day. Um, they were leaving today, laughing, and it's a uh, it's a real testament, I think, that when people are engaged and when they're excited about what they're doing, right? So you could really not be excited about a job. <laughs> And, uh, and be engaged because hmm. you're just professional, you know. Uh, but when you combine the two, uh, you know, they really feel like that they're a part of something, I think. And, and they are. And um, this thing is, is going to be unique, I think. Every time somebody walks in, it's fun to watch their jaw drop and go, it's so much bigger than I thought it would be. It's
3: insane. <laughs> Which is just amazing because your old store was not anything to laugh at. It was a pretty large store also.
8: Yeah. And... I mean... It, In that location, we had won the best of the upstate. Um, We've participated seven times in that thing through the newspaper. And we Mm -hmm. have won it seven times. So seven years in a row, um, the public voted us the best store in the upstate. And now we're quadrupling
3: in size. That is just, it's just amazing. It is. And you're still, you know, still in the same neighborhood Ethan. You guys are yeah, we're only that just a mile.
8: Yeah, it's just a mile down the road, and so the really cool part of that is we're easier to see. Uh, we rebranded with our new logo, and and it's humongous in the building, and it looks really great when it's lit up at night. And and so I think not only can our old customers see us, but we're already experiencing people that didn't know we were
7: there.
3: Mm, wow. Yeah, and that's that's that is, really cool. That is awesome. And, you know, this is just a great thing for you, my friend. I am real excited about seeing it in person. You guys did an Instagram video earlier today. And as this recording, which is the 7th of November, this is the first, like you said, the first day of your pre-opening. And, you know, your soft opening, as you like to call it. And you're doing the grand opening Saturday the 12th. So people who are listening... To the podcast or watching the video, will be able to see us in person and you know see your store for the grand opening. What are you planning for Saturday?
8: So we're trying to keep it pretty simple with Black Friday coming up in two weeks, mm, um, right? And uh, we'll we'll do something small from a sales standpoint. It won't be a lot because I don't want to infringe upon Black Friday. But the you know, we'll have a couple guys here doing sketches, some really nice guys, and the, the big kind of fun part for us is we open normally open at eleven, but at 1030 we're gonna do a ribbon cutting. And uh my wife will be there and I'll be there, my store manager. But um, important to me is Stan Reed, who created Borderlands, who hired me at Heroes thirty one years ago, thirty-one years and five months ago to be exact, um, and got me into this industry. Um, and then hired me back again when he did Borderlands. Um, he took some took some talking, but he's going to be there to cut the ribbon with us. And uh, without well, him, this whole awesome. journey is just not possible.
3: That is amazing. And you know, you guys have longevity. You guys have a history with Greenville, and now you've branched off into the new store. But you also have South Carolina Con on top of it and South Carolina comic-con junior. So you have a lot to be proud of my friend. I am really impressed. Well,
8: thank you. We've, we've been blessed, you know, it's been a crazy ride. We have just the best employees and friends and volunteers. And I'm definitely for the con, you know, requires a a village to get that thing going and do a show of that size, um, and it not be a corporate show. You you guys uh, do a lot of the panels and stuff at dragon con and you know what an army it takes to to do that show, and uh, right. so we're just super thankful. You, know, you you go out there and you work hard, and if you keep plugging and accepting your mistakes so that you can fix them, is what I always say. Then you can always get better and do something cooler.
3: Exactly, just you know, grow with the punches and you know, grow with it, and it's pretty darn awesome. And so. What are the new store hours and, you know, tell us some highlights. Is it, you know, to guys be known not only for comics, but also for games and gaming and everything also, is that sure. a sure. new store? Yeah,
8: absolutely. We, our comic section obviously is bigger. If you, you know, saw the video, the, the new comic wall is 75 feet long. Wow. It's, enor- it's enormous and it's full cover. So uh so you don't have to worry about that. You can see the whole cover. You know, a lot of companies now put the logo on the bottom and on um, classic waterfall racks, you can't see it. Um so uh so yeah, so that's one thing. Uh the game game area is huge. We redesigned our gaming tables. Um uh, they're easier to use, more comfortable. And I think the uh some of the highlights for guys are the new card section with uh rotating card displays, a used video game section and a vintage toy section are all kind oh, of, wow. of highlights to to that um it's basically like a, a full geek inspired barnes and noble <laughs> it's uh pretty crazy
3: that is just incredible to think about i saw in the video and you know of course special to me is all the pop figures and such that you guys had um and in the video it looked like you guys had more pop figures than some of these pop figure stores than have in or
8: anything i tell amazing. you what there's there's a bunch and, and you know one of our issues we had in the past was always having to cycle through and uh rotate stock and uh, we're we're blessed when we'll have to do that <laughs> we have to do that a whole lot so uh so that's that's kind of a cool thing i think the the blessing of space is that you can do those things. And the curse of it is that you have to maintain it.
3: Yeah. Probably the best. Of course. You know I mean? Of, course, of yeah. course. Well, I wish you the best of luck with it. I really, really do. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in person. And I had told you off the air that, you know, I was originally planning on trying to get up there on Saturday for the grand opening. But Judy surprised me with tickets to the B-52s on Saturday night. <laughs> So it's that's pretty like, awesome. Surprise though. Oh, she knows the way to my heart. It's either comics or, you know, concert. So it's, you know, I had to pick and choose. So um, what are your hours going to be up at the store? Are you going to, are you still open every day or are you going to be closed on Sundays or? No,
8: we're, we're sticking with the seven days a week. Um, it's still 11 to six thirty Monday through Wednesday in um, Saturday, Thursday and Friday were eleven to ten and uh Saturdays were or Sundays we're uh, one to six. Um once we get settled in and my guys get a break and we get some new hires up and running, we will absolutely extend our hours. Um but right now I don't want to overstress my team. You know, these guys and gals have worked so hard that uh that we're trying not to not to break anybody including me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That is awesome. That is really, really awesome. Well, one more time. What is the address of the new store and what is your website?
8: Sure. Folks can find us at borderlands.us. Or also find Borderlands Comics on uh, Facebook and Instagram, uh, Borderlands CNG on eBay if they want to look there. And the store is 410 South Pleasantburg and the number is 864-235-3488.
3: That is awesome, Robert. Thank you so, so much and for joining us to give us a little bit of a preview of what the store is going to be like. And can't wait to see it in person. Really
8: can't. Thank you, guys. All the best to you guys, as always. And uh, can't wait to see you. Come hang out. and Maybe we'll go try some local queue.
2: I think Love you'll it. be seeing some familiar faces uh, in a couple days.
3: It'll be awesome. I look forward to it. Awesome. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back in a minute to close up the show.
4: Everyone these days could use a little support and your friends at the ESO Network are no different.
3: So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Let's thank our guests for being here. Ms. Ashley Pauls, thank you so, so much for joining us for this one.
5: Oh, thank you. Always a pleasure.
3: Anything you want to shout out about or promote?
5: Yeah. Um. So a little bit change of pace. I got a chance this past weekend to watch um, Enola Holmes 2 on Netflix and really enjoyed it. I'm sorry. Did I... I was. I nope. didn't want to steal anybody else's shout out. So, but nope. I. I really enjoyed it, and it was a fun, feel good movie. A little bit lighter than House of the Dragon. So, um, <laughs> ju- just saying. So, um would like to see more of that storytelling too.
3: That's
2: awesome. No, I, it's it's really on good. My list. For those people who watched watch the the first one, uh, the second one I think was better. Actually, I think I, I liked do the, too. I seem more invested in the second one. I agree. But, very cool. And uh, and I'm a big home uh, Sherlock Holmes guy. And so, uh, you know, they, they do play around with stuff. Who cares? Um, it's still fun.
3: Awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And it's on my list to watch. My list is like this long. So yeah, it's okay. I,
5: I can relate to that too.
3: Yeah. it's pretty awesome though. And Chip, thank you so much, my friend.
5: Thanks for having me.
3: Anything you want to shout out about, sir?
7: Yeah, I'm actually going to recommend, um, I've got a shout out, I've actually got one that isn't a recommendation, uh, my wife's Instagram, um, it's called My Crazy Nerdy Life, she's posting sewing tips, reels, all about her cosplay and the sewing she does, so if you want to you know, look it up, she's working on about every single Disney princess gown she can get a hold of right now, so if you want to watch those, My Crazy Nerdy Life, feel free to look it up.
3: That is awesome. That is awesome. Definitely check it out, folks. And of course, MD Jackson. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Anything you're going to shout out about, sir? Uh, Yes,
6: a little little bit of self-promotion. Amazing Stories, as you know, was the very first science fiction magazine. It's still publishing, and they have just launched a Kickstarter campaign for their upcoming issue, which is going to uh, coincide with a virtual convention called Amazing Con uh so yeah go over to dot com and uh check that out i'm fantastic I'm, I'm on the staff so i have to promote
2: that <laughs> cool that's very cool though
3: that's why you get paid the big bucks by the this it's awesome and mr mike we've made it through another one my friend
2: we did and as always it's my pleasure anything you're going to shout out about sir uh, yeah, I want to give a shout out to uh, first of all, all the people who uh donated to my uh birthday fundraiser for Zen by Cat. Um, it's obviously uh over now, uh, but as you're listening to this, uh, but I do strongly urge people to um, to check out Zen by Cat, to check out the FIP warrior group for cats. Uh, a couple months ago. One of our uh fur kids, uh his name's Hero. He was diagnosed with uh FIP, which is feline infectious Paranitis. I don't know, I'd bitch that, of course. But um uh he was diagnosed um right before his second birthday, and uh the doctor, the vet told us that and we went to a couple of vets and they told us the same thing that he was he was the outlook was grim. There's no cure, there's no treatment. But Michelle and I looked it up, and we did some searching online, and we found a group that there is actually a treatment. Uh, This treatment has uh, recently achieved a 90% cure rate. Um, It's out of this uh, UC Davis in California. Um, The medication is not yet officially sanctioned. Uh, due to some stupid reasons, which I won't get into now, but um, it is at a reasonable cost. If you contact the FIP Warrior Group at Facebook, I would suggest that you do so. If you have a cat that uh, is uh, suffering from FIP, there is a treatment. It is not, despite what your vet might tell you, it's uh, it's not a deadly disease. Uh, our our cat hero has been on this treatment for two months. And it's amazing. The results have been spectacular. Uh, he's gained muscle mass. He's lost all of his toxic fluids. Uh, he's very much his active self again. He's not quite out of the woods yet. He still needs to gain some weight. Uh, he's still a little bit under underweight, but uh, the whole treatment should take about, uh, uh, it's about like 12 weeks total. So we're about halfway there and we're very, very encouraged by the results we've seen so far. So uh, I definitely encourage people, like I I said, if you have a cat and uh, or kittens and you get the diagnosis that they have FIP, there is treatment for it. So um, please be aware of that. Make your vet aware of that. Make anybody you can aware of that and help out organizations like Send by Cat who are trying to promote awareness and fight FIP as well.
3: That's awesome. That is really awesome. And then, you know, it was a for really good cause. So I'm glad to hear the treatment is working. Um, I'm going to bring it down a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about real quickly, a passing of a friend of the show. We met, we lost uh, Dave keep this last week and Dave was known as, as another podcaster. He was never part of the ESO network, but he appeared on the show quite a bit in our early days and also Earth station who a couple of times, and he had a podcast called professor Dave's Ark in space and him and his wife, Elizabeth, um, did the show for many years and Dave sadly lost his life to a heart condition and sadly, you know, left Elizabeth and, You know, at least he was able to say his goodbyes and everything before he left. And, you know, he'll be missed. And he was a really good friend to the show, to the network. He helped promote us at first. He was, you know, a big influencer. And he, you know, he was just a great, all-around nice guy. And he was knowledgeable, just not about Doctor Who, about many, many topics. and. It was, you know, sad to hear when any fellow podcaster passes on and he will be missed. Um, you can hear older episodes of Professor Dave's Ark in Space um, up on the Internet, wherever fine podcaster found. He's up there. So definitely check it out. And, you know, hopefully Elizabeth is doing OK. I've talked to her twice. And, you know, just through Facebook, you know, telling her, wishing her our best and everything from all of us here. And, you know, I wasn't friends with him or whatever, but I just knew him through the podcast. And it's just sad to hear when this kind of thing happens. So just be thankful for what you got, folks. And you know what? We got something we're going to be very thankful about next week. We are going back to the movies and we are going to Wakanda. That's right, folks. We are looking at black Panther Two: Wakanda forever should be pretty darn amazing to see Um, the feed, the feedback that I'm hearing from other folks who've already seen it have been through the roof. And I am so looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. I don't know any spoilers or anything. So it's going to be a ton of fun to be talking all about this one. So join us for that one. As we always like to say, it's going to be a barrel of fun. And I also want to do a quick thank you for everyone who has been listening and leaving feedback for us up on YouTube. That's right, folks, YouTube, we're getting feedback. Uh, oh, no. Brad, Brad's segment actually last week was quite popular and we, you know, been getting some feedback about that, you know, having somebody who's, pretty well known on the show and, you know, being, having them up on, you know, YouTube, YouTube with us has been a great thing. So definitely check it out. It's pretty awesome that we're able to be able to have folks like that. And thank you for people who've subscribed, people who've left feedback. We do really appreciate it. And thanks to Ashley's dad for really being our first piece of feedback left on there. So it's pretty darn awesome. And as always, thanks for listening to the earth station one podcast. We couldn't do this without you. We wanted to hear from you, so please write us anytime at feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. Now, Earth Station One can also be found in video format on YouTube, like I just mentioned. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. Yes, we're not too proud to beg for listeners. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Mr. Chip Johnson, Mr. M.D. Jackson, and of course, the lovely Ashley Pauls. Thanks for listening. We will see you here next time on Earth Station One. Stay safe, hug your loved ones, and just be cool, everyone. Lots of things going out there. Let's just try to have fun with it. Peace, and we are done. Boom.
2: Chip and MD, no. you can leave the station now. You don't need to be on anymore. So, like, it's, it's been two weeks in a row. Get out. Man. So you can, yeah, you, you, guys can, yeah, yeah, you going, can go. You, you, Ashley, you are you are free to go now. Ashley, you're stuck till next week.
5: I know. You know what the dark secret is. You never can. really leave. Like that's no, true. You never <laughs> leave the station. Ah.
3: <laughs> You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated and remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Our station 1 is available on most social media sites where you can join in some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO network clothing and merchandise at our T public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at EarthStation1 at ESOnetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done.